0: Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast with Benji Nice and this show is supported by our show partner, Luc Cole, who produced Performance Cycling Apparel. This is the GC Rankings Wrap-Up Award Show for 2021 with a little bit of a look forward to 2022 as well. We've got four questions most successful GC rider in 2021, actual results, not hypotheticals. The top five GC riders in the world as at today, which is a bit more hypothetical. The best GC performance of 2021, and the most successful GC rider, we think, in 2022. But, Benji, we we're just talking about this off air what weighting are we giving one-week stage races grand tours etc because for me gc encompasses both of those is the capability to win one-week races even five-day races as well as obviously grand tours
1: yes and my focus there lies on as well as and on the factor that three-week recovery is important for gc riders in my eyes so i think we've got a slightly different definition on it i think you value one-week GC race is a bit higher than I do because I see most of the GC one-week races in the season as preparation races for the GC races that come after for the majority of the big riders. Like in an Itzulia, we had a Pogacar and a Roglic. Obviously, Itzulia is not their main target of the season. Pogacar and tirreno is not also not his main target of the season. So people aren't necessarily peaking for those races unless they're not, unless they're like not the best riders in the world, and they want to try and focus on a GC in a one-week race because they don't have a GC in a Grand Tour as their main goal.
0: I would disagree and say that I do think Pigach, so if Pigach, like Pagatch is not just peaking for the Tour de France. He has a break, I agree. does altitude after uh, April as well, and I think Tirreno Adriatico was a huge AA priority for him. Yeah, as well, and, and more so than say a Bass country. So I think, as well as UAE tour, I think it's incredibly important for him to perform at, at the UAE tour as well. I don't think he you know, he's doing good numbers on Jebel Feet. He's not been at the beach relaxing in the in the month before that performance. Same with Adam Yates as well. So I think, yeah, some riders like Dauphiné in particular uh, felt very much like a preparation this this year. Swiss and, as well. Swiss, Swiss was yeah, not great uh, in particular. <laughs> but uh, I, I still think one week races are very important, and I factor it in. So the first first question, and there's no way we have a, a differing answer. Uh, who was the the most successful GC rider in 2021? It's Pog. Uh, he won he won UAE Tour, Tirreno Adriatico, a stage at Basque. He also won stages at Tirreno and UAE. He won Tour of Slovenia. You won the Tour de France with three stages. Uh, it's hard to do <laughs> much better than that, except for Basque, I think.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly, and uh, I think that factors into uh, a lot when it comes to like our discussions later about best GC rider as well, because obviously we're talking about most successful here, so it's more results based. And I think it's yeah, I think nobody will disagree with the factor that Bogartra is the most successful GC rider this year in. Multiple areas, like and it's not even like one part in the season. It's not only the biggest races; it's also the likes of UAE Tour. Well, sure, he's also the one team where they 100% want to win that race completely. Obviously, other race teams won't complain by winning that race either, but their sponsor is not based in the UAE, so uh that's a bit of a difference. But when it comes to likes of Tirreno also being very consistent, there tactically clever in all the races he's ridden this year, in my eyes, and. um Perhaps on some occasions, not optimal, but I still think that he's the most successful one.
0: I don't think the Tour de France gives you an auto um, an automatic lock to win this. I think if I pointed to one year, usually though if you win into Tour de France, you probably are gonna win other stage races. Froome, Thomas, Bernal, Wiggins, they all won other one week races. The one that really stands out to me is like Nibali twenty fourteen. He won the Tour de France. Oh
1: my god. <laughs> Don't he won do this
0: the, to me. On the Tour de France, <laughs> and then Dauphiné 7th, Romandy 5th, Paris Nice 21st, Oman 12th, Dubai 17th. So I wouldn't, I would have to look there, but I think uh, either Contador or Froome. I think one of the, both of them.
1: Oh up. my God, it hurts me so much.
0: But we don't, normally it is just, but I'm just saying it's not an auto lock for the Tour de France winner to win this award. I think second most. Uh, best GC rider, or no, second most successful GC rider this year, I'm going to give to Roglitz just because of Basque Country, but it was close between him and Bernal because I rate De Giro much, much higher than uh, the Vuelta Espana as well. Do we do we need to do a top five, Benji? It's Rog second, Bernal third, and then I probably would put Adam Yates and Carapaz, something around there, but I don't really care. Pog is just so, so far ahead this year, ridiculous. Yeah, from him.
1: When it comes to the VELTA and the Giro popularity and the performances on the road there, we're talking about the Giro being uh, rated higher as a more important race than the VELTA, uh, the VELTA being the one where the second person or the person that crashes out of the Tour de France usually tries to compete for. Do we undervalue the VELTA because of that? Because I've got the feeling that the VELTA often has very high competition because everybody else that rode the Giro and the people that weren't good enough or crashed out of the Tour are all joining the Vuelta.
0: Yeah, I mean, this year, the Vuelta, like, it had the highest, the best road performance of the year was at the Vuelta. Uh, on Covadonga, it's higher than anything in the Giro. There was lots of high-level performances in the Vuelta of Spania. That being said, I just, yeah, I'm all wait how many guys have really targeted this, focused around it. You can look at the Vuelta, it's like, okay, well... Haig broke his collarbone, didn't have time for an altitude camp, and then turned up and came to the Vuelta. And he he came thirty when the break came third. But you know the Giro, it's it's a AA priority for those guys doing it, like Bernal, who come in top shape. And Bernal at the Vuelta, another example. Bernal coming to the Vuelta overweight. His his coach said he was three kilos, two and a half kilos overweight, and. Um, that cost him on some of the early climbing stages as well as he had COVID beforehand and that affected his, I'm not sure he's even able to do a, an altitude camp. So yeah, that's why I knocked the welter a little bit. It's just, it is what it is. Uh, even though there are really, really high level performances at the welter, it's not all about the waspikilo on the last mountaintop finish. I think there's a lot of other things and difficulties in a race, like how hard are they racing every day, cold conditions, etc. So the Giro is not necessarily easier to win than the Welter, although Roglic unbeatable this year if he didn't crash. So yeah, do you have any in your top five, Benji? Any any crazy picks? Like, a is a Grant Thomas most successful? he also he won a World Tour stage race. He podiumed Catalonia, and what else did he podium? Uh, no, it's really bad. Catalonia, Romandie, and Dauphiné—he podium two and won one. Is that a successful year or
1: not? Uh, I don't think it's a successful year because his main goal was not really uh, delivered. He was trying to go for another Tour de France run, and he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't do it partially because of crashing and so forth. But it's becoming a bit of a habit. And if you look at one week races that he did race, we're talking about most successful rider, but. I do feel like the start list has a bit of an effect on that and when it comes to these races they were by far the best team at the likes of catalonia and that other race was at romandy where he was uh winning or yeah he won romandy right was that the one where he crashed also
0: uh romandy's crash yeah when white woods came around him and, and won yeah. and, and o'connor also didn't because ben o'connor's the goat but anyway we, that's the least controversial one <laughs> we'll move on but before we do Mention our show partner, Lacole, who produce performance cycling apparel. Lacole have also recently launched the Lacole Cycling Club. And if you're going into Northern Hemisphere winter, there could be some rides or some group activities that you might want to join. Or if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, there's also the 250 Tempo Strava Challenge. It starts in about five days. If you complete more than 250 minutes of activity between the 5th and the 25th of November, you'll receive a £50 reward, which is like what is that? In Australian dollars, infinite money for use of Lacole, as well as entry <laughs> into our into the Lacole drawer for three thousand pounds worth of new season kit, which is a little bit more in USD and Euros. So if you want to check out Lacole, you can check it out at ww.laCole.cc. That's ww.lacolle.cc. Next question, Benji. This is the more controversial one. Who is who are the top five GC runners in the world? As at this moment, I'll go Pog, Rog, one, two. Are you the same? Yes. Okay. Third, who have you got?
1: But why do we have Pog first and Rog second when it comes to the top five GC because in the world?
0: Fagacha has cold weather resistance. Fagacha is better tactically. Fagacha has slightly worse TT, slightly worse peak climbing, but more consistent climbing ability. And endurance at the back end of grand tours, so that's why I've probably had a role
1: yeah for me it's also based on the three week reliability of pogacar versus roglic when it comes to roglic's grand tours. we've often seen occasions where he um well where he had an issue uh he ended up crashing into Tour de France like we can talk about crashes a lot and say, oh, this rider crashed by accident. Well, obviously, they didn't crash on purpose, but I mean, crashed by its own regard or by someone else's regard or an issue by someone else or something that you can't oversee. But in general, there's just a, a pattern that just crashes more in races that matter. And Pogacar hasn't crashed as much in races that matter, has crashed quite a few times in training, apparently, according to himself. Um, so that's uh, interesting. But... I guess as long as he can keep it from the races and is not heavily injured, that's great for uh, finishing a Grand Tour. So, three week reliability in general is that thing for me. That tactical cleverness also, we saw it in Tirreno as one of the examples that I love. The one where he uh, basically just outplayed Ineos. He was also the strongest that day by far, but he was able to play with them tactically as well on Prato Di Tivo. And uh, I really enjoyed that day tactically from him. And there's also more to it where I would, if you had Roglic and Pogacar solely without a team, I would also think that I trust Pogachar more to be able to compete because Roglic is more dependent on his team in races.
0: If you had Pogacar with the strong Jumbo-Visma team at the Welter in some crosswinds or something, Or at the tour, he would really be able to use that. I think we look at Stage Seven in the Tour de France, how his team wasn't able to close the early split that was dangerous, and then he eventually did it himself. Or you know, he. I'm low on Pog's team both this year and next year, frankly, particularly given that Almeida probably won't be going to the tour. So I think Uh,
1: George Bennett made. Come on, Soler.
0: Yeah, it's going to (laughs) be going to be great for him. Because that's the thing, Bogatia, right, Over. if he wants a 35-minute climb and he wants to do it, he's like, okay, I can do this at 6.4 watts per kilo. Well, I want to do it at the base. So But has he had anyone to really set that pace, that right, properly lunatic pace for him from the base, SkyTrain style, like Micah and Polans have done good jobs, but they can't. They know Richie, Paul, Walt Poles sort of combination in 2015. So we've got Pogrog1, 2. Uh, let us know if anyone disagrees. I mean, if Roglic... If Rollish hadn't crashed in Paranis, still wouldn't change anything for me. Uh, and Basque Country doesn't move the needle for me either. But going into now our third pick, this is the rest of my top five, Benji. current best GC riders in the world. Bernal, Adam Yates, Carapaz.
1: No, Vingegaard.
0: I'm surprised. I mean, he, he, he doesn't think he's a GC leader, so why should I put him in my top <laughs> five? Uh, I've,
1: got, I've got Bernal, also third. I've got vingaga in 4th and Carapaz in 5th. So I'm leaning more towards the 3-week um, abilities than the 1-week abilities, like we explained at the start of the video. And as a consequence, I rate the combination of Adam Yates's Grand Tours with, in some effect, his 1-week race and so forth, still lower than the likes of a vingaga getting 2nd in the Tour de France. Uh, beating likes of a Carapaz and so forth. Carapaz getting third in that. I was doubting whether I would put Mars in my top five, but he, the combination of a second spot in the Velta and that uh, was it fifth spot or something in the Tour de France, that's just not good enough to be in the top five for me. And, and he's I know so that
0: in one week. Like, so, yeah, so bad. exactly. Exactly.
1: Um, like, I, I don't count one week as 100% compared to, like, three-week races, but still not. It's not the same as... I don't know, Carapaz was decent in Tour de Suisse and so forth. uh, Stuff like that. So, like, in general, my third Bernal pick is, well, Giro. Like, he was competing against relatively decent climbers, I would say. Um, Sam Njaitz in third week, Almeida pushing through on week three as well. Week one, not really uh, Almeida's week. Um, And therefore, Bernal is still a rider that was very strong there and combined that with his abilities in the Vuelta, being very strong on those uh, on those stages, like the one you spoke about earlier where Roglic was on Kovadonga uh, as well. Was it Kovadonga where they attacked him? I think it was, yes. right? Yes, Um, And yeah, all, all those things combined, he's got the ability of climbing. He's surprisingly got a great TT in, in the Velta compared to what I was expecting, at least. And it's perhaps a bit inconsistent this time trolling, but he does look like he can manage in a in quite a few of the races when it comes to that time trial. Jonas Vingegaard I'm putting him in the top five because if you can get him second in the, in the Tour de France, sure it's far from Pogachar, but it's still uh, ahead of a lot of people, including likes of Karapaz and so forth. And that time trial ability is a big bonus for him. And that's something that Karapaz is less at. Vingegaard has a really good time trial and he's shown it throughout the year as well. I think he started off in the likes of a UAE where he was still presenting himself as Chris Harper on the slopes of Jabal Hafid. and I don't know. I think all that well, let's combined. Let's skip over
0: that. Let's not skip over UAE tour. Why is he Okay? Oh he, he was on the wrong side of the cross crosswind split. Okay. But I just want to hone in on this finger guy. So he so second at ask, but he was in mm-hmm. the wheels, never had to do anything, but good TT for sure. Dauphine not good. I should have Tour de France,
1: uh, heel st- injury, right? Definitely. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Achilles problem. Yeah, yeah. Tour de France, still great TT, but then Grand Bornon just got absolutely destroyed. Did he not
1: crash on Grand Bournon as he well? He crashed in the like descent? five
0: times. Crashed like five times in the tour, I think.
1: And <laughs> um, also, Triuk have- reliability is also a factor there, you know. So that crashing does. Uh, become a factor as like if it's a pattern and it's a pattern and it's against the rider i
0: just haven't seen enough from him i'd take yates over vingegaard um i think yeah sorry i've cut you off uh, do you have your fifth there
1: um my fifth was carapaz when it comes to Gar, slowly though the reason that i would pick vingegaard over over um yates in this is also because well if if i would sign him for a team if i have the money for both of them i'd sign Gar because of the potential the opposing factor is that you don't have the consistent results across multiple years that Yates has. So I guess it's more of a more of a bet for the future. But um, hey, for this list, it's mainly based on getting second in the Tour de France and doing so, beating the likes of uh, a Carapaz, who I've got fifth on the list, and who El Haguadetulcan is a really n- nice rider I like a lot and was competing in the Vuelta as well last year, very very strongly. But this year he could in no way compete with the likes of pogachar in the Tour de France. And the difference was very significant. Obviously, the yeah, as good well. He, get, he got dropped, you're right. And in time trials, he's just not as good as Jonas Vingo and as a Pogacar and as a Roglic and as a Bernal. I don't know. It depends on the day, I, I'm guessing. His TT last year wasn't terrible by Carapaz, but I guess it depends on the day for each of them, Bernal and Carapaz. Do you think any... One of those two is better at the arm trial?
0: Uh, Bernal's got a higher ceiling, I think, than Karapaz okay. in the TT. Um, so, yeah, I think your top five is is more than defensible. I just, the reason I have Yates, <laughs> to yeah. be honest, I think Yates could even be better than Bernal next year. I think, and I'm, I'll get to that in most successful GC of 2022, 2022 questions. I just, Yates, you a, on his day, second best player in the world, probably equal with Bogaccia on his day on a mountaintop finish, 20 to 30-minute climb, sometimes shorter durations. You've got those milano torino watts. They're just ridiculous. I know that's a one-day race, of course. But I think Yates moving over to Ineos was already good at UAE, second there behind Pagatra and really put him under the pump on Prado And I think was stronger on them Pagatra on the climbs. He just was in a defense. Uh, had to be aggressive because of the TT, uh, which was okay. Catalonia, good TT. And then he won that. He destroyed everyone on the uh, on Volta 2000, like dominant performance. Basque, fourth. Then he was supposed to do Swiss and I don't know what happened. Then there's a three-month break. I don't know what's happened there, whether it's COVID or injury or, or what, what with Adam Yates, but there's a three-month gap when I thought he was going to do the Tour de France. So comes back to Vuelta a Burgos, And then Vuelta a España, if the team car can do basic maths, he comes third in the general classification there. But... <laughs> They couldn't figure out um, how to calculate a thirty-second time differential in about an hour and a half when Lopez got dropped. So he came fourth there. But I think the third strongest, uh, third strongest rider. The problem is the consistency, and I think that's why Benji knocks him because that- you look at Teru, That's a bad result to to be losing to be losing ten seconds to Hague and 30 to bernal on a climb where it's in his should be in his wheelhouse maybe it's too long i don't know but that's a bad result and it's certainly not his peak watts kilo capability for that duration so the the endurance or or which pagat has is the knock i just think for one week next year he'll be dominant if it's not pog and rog i just i think he's better than bernal in a one week frankly i think his tt as well should keep improving Uh, So I'm quite high on Yates. Do you think I'm too high, Benji?
1: I don't think you're too high because in history, we saw him being very consistent in one-week races as well. And he also got a fourth place in the Tour de France in some year as well. 16. Um, We were doubting about his three-week reliability in some of the years because he had some where he completely fell through in week three. And to be able to see two Grand Tours now where he was successfully able to be reliable across three weeks is uh, something I am... uh, I am a fan of seeing, and I do think Ineos helped quite a bit in that. But I'm going to ask you a question that was not prepped because I'm going to throw some fire at you for a second. We've got our GC riders here. Today's question is the best GC rider in the world and so forth. Who was the best GC rider? Who's the top three best GC riders in one day races this year?
0: Uh, Pagatcha. well, I'm for now. No, I'm kidding. Oh, well. I'm <laughs> I, am I kidding? Am uh, kidding? Are you kidding?
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are second kidding? in Terreno. <laughs> uh, is it just Pogrog Yates? I don't know. Uh, I guess. Like, um, Yates at Lombardia, was, was he not like beating everybody in the sprint down in the end? He I, came I third, think I remember that. He
0: was second strongest on the climb. He made a bad tactical no. error in Lombardia. Uh, he came 18th at Liege. Uh, I don't know. A lot of these one-day riders – it's hard. Where, where do you draw the line? You know, is Woods a, a, a one day rider or a GC rider? He targets yeah, GC got, at one week races and Carapaz Olympics. Tours. Carapaz, yeah. Carapaz has to be. I, I, I like Carapaz. That's why he's fifth. I know his peak, like what's per kilo, it's not like mind blowing stuff, but. El Jaguar. Yeah, exactly. He's, 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 he's <laughs> grainy, Rainy conditions, if he's at altitude, if he's on a branch above you and you're walking below and you don't see him. <laughs> He can kill you. You won't even know he's there. So, like, you've got to respect the man. He has to meet you in my top five. And that Olympics result is is indicative of that. Like, okay, he didn't he just raced it so smart. Not as strong as Pog or Woods on the climb. Didn't matter. And then, you know, beat McNulty. So yeah. Picarapaz. I just don't even think the Tour of France suits him, Benji. I just think he should do, should do Giro, really. It's just not his race, the tour. Um, and he still came third. And he was, I oh, guess, last year, a couple of domestiques away from winning the Vuelta. But let us know what you think. Who are your top five GC riders in the world for just the clarity? Mine was Pog, Rog, Bernal, Yates, Carapaz. And then I actually have, if Dumoulin came back and said he was targeting GC, I'd put him in mm-hmm. third, but uh, that's not happening.
1: Same with Prediction Thomas. for next year. Who do you think is going to be uh, the a, most re- successful? a revelation?
0: A uh, revelation. Yeah. Uh I think Yates. I guess Yates. People would be surprised if he was actually contending for like a. Would they be? I don't know. That's yeah. That's a cop out. Yates is not a revelation. Um, I don't know. What do you think? You put me on the spot. I need to use my I brain mean- for once.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Um. Well, I didn't prep for this. <laughs> me throwing the question at you and then realizing, okay, compared to this year, maybe Landa might revive himself a bit because nah, he's mate. nowhere, nowhere near the top five for me this year. That's for certain. Getting worse. TG's even worse. It's unbelievable. I think one. won. Like, there's so many doubters. Almeida's uh, going to put him the Giro.
0: Yeah, we haven't talking about Almeida. Almeida again, like, it's, I, I just had to go. I went more with, sometimes I like a hot take. I like to throw in someone in my top five today mm-hmm. because even though they haven't got the results, but he really hasn't got the results yet GC-wise, despite yep. some great TTs, great climbing performances. Mate, but yeah. To the Polonia though, come on, that matters a lot. I mean, we're not covering it next year, so that's how much it. Uh, that's how much it matters, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm looking down the list. I think Thomas, to be honest, I think people. I think people think Thomas is done, and maybe even yeah, I think people think he's done. Danny Martinez, I would have said, but he he's got quite sick, unfortunately. Um, I don't know it's tough because I, I look down the list of T- of the GC guys. I'm just like, who's got a good TT? Richie Port. I don't know. Vlasov, no got dropped every time this year I shouldn't see it. Ethan Hayter Benji?
1: Ah, uh, for G C I'm not I'm not sure yet. Like the top mountains and so forth, I'm not I'm not sold on him. Like um for the uh, I think Tutoplani he can win. But we just spoke about it the Tudopolani and said it wasn't really relevant anymore. But hey, I don't know. I um do want to ask you a question about Thomas. Uh we know that he's been uh, he's not been the most reliable rider when it comes to crash and so forth this year and in previous years sometimes. We've got the Tour de France with a cobble stage that does fit him in the past as well because he's been a cobble rider and he's won E3, if I recall correctly. He has been thrown into the ditch in Gent-Wevelgem uh, as well in one of your uh, historical videos back in the day. And, and, um, yeah. and the question now is, do you think that cobble stage helps him or doesn't help him in that as- aspect?
0: I think it helps him. Uh, I still think you looked at Roe, and I know uh, Moscon is leaving, but any your are good at they're good on cobbles, uh, particularly flat ones. When so, I think yeah, Thomas should be good at that. I think this year the Dauphiné win, the stage win was pretty impressive. I just you don't know, and this is once it's, it's tough compared to a game like the uh, sport like the NBA, where you're seeing guys competing night in, night out. You can get a real like handle on who's good. These guys go; they're not racing the GC guys for sometimes like two months or six weeks before the Tour de France, you don't know how their weight cut is going, their form. Like it's so hard to know. You don't know their mental state. And like maybe Thomas was in the best shape he's been in since 2018. He was in a great mental state and then he crashed in the Tour and then, you know, the season was a a wash after that. But I don't know. Uh, That being said, I still rate Thomas, but I – I think he's going back to Ineos. Dumoulin really is the one who I think Dumoulin can be on a TT-heavy course, still top three. Still win Paris-Nice, still podium to Tour de France. Dumoulin... He should do
1: the Giro as leader for Dumbo. He's got
0: 70Ks TT. Last yeah. year they
1: sent... Or this year they sent George Bennett. So it's not like they don't have a spot for him in the Giro team as leader.
0: <laughs> and they dropped back Bennett for Foss, remember? But yeah, I think <laughs> Dumoulin... But then they probably want him peaking for the Tour. I don't know. Almeida is probably the, someone who should come through and UAE look like they're actually going to be giving him opportunities. Ava Nepal says he'll be more targeting one week races and then going for the Vuelta. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes there. But going on to now our best GC performance of 2021, my one is pegacha at Tirreno Adriatico. I think it's one of the most complete GC performances I've ever seen, frankly, um, they had the sprint stage, then the punchy like stage, the Philippe one, the uphill drag on stage two, he actually came fourth in that sprint and nearly took bonus seconds. Then stage three was similar, eighth. Then Prati de TiVo came first and I think, what was it like 6.5, something a ridiculous performance on Prati de TiVo and put a lot of time into Iggy to Quintana Almeida, like 30 seconds on a... Yeah, one-week race, mountaintop finish, pretty impressive. Second, nearly caught MVP on the rainy Classics, 205K oh. stage, incredible stage, dropped Van Aert, put 39 into him. And then the TT, fourth, the San Benedetto del Tronto, 10K, big boy TT, one second behind Ganna, five seconds behind Kung, and 12 behind Van Aert. Unbelievable performance, winning GC, a one-week GC by a minute on Van Aert and four minutes on third on Mikel Landa. So that's my best GC performance of the year.
1: Like, it's, it's kind of sad, but I've got exactly the same raise, and it's simply because it is, in my opinion, objectively, the most insane one-week race we've had this year. And I'd argue that the only thing that might compete with it is the first seven days of the tour, but I wouldn't even say that. I think that it was the best GC of the year across the board and sometimes grand tours actually end up having trouble with being three weeks long in the entertainment level of their of their races and that does become a factor in the likes of a tour de france we noticed that after week one gc was basically settled and we were hoping that something would make it more tense throughout and the second that bogathe showed a bit of weakness on vantui it was like the entire world was falling apart and finger god would pass Would pass Pogacar again in GC, but no, no, no. It it was just people trying to hype up any action we saw because on paper the GC was closed down, and that's something that was not the case. And it's also because it's the rock stars of the sport doing that race. We've got Pogacar, Vanderpool, Wout Fanad all fighting for that race. The only one that wasn't fighting for GC, I think, was Vanderpool in that race because he gave up on the Prato di Tivo stage and didn't really go for it that day. Wout Fanad was trying to see how good his GC would be if he would eventually try and co-lead the Tour de France and so forth in the future based on what he does at Tirreno. and do you think that if before the Tour de France, Wout Aert didn't have his injury with his uh I don't even know what that is called in English but think appendix. That, yes exactly if he didn't have that do you think that he would have been in more of a co-leader role throughout the race if let's say Roglic doesn't crash?
0: I don't know. I, it definitely wasn't his Tereno level. But I do think people are sleeping on Van Aert's Praticativo performance a little bit. I think people remember maybe incorrectly how well he climbed at the Tour de France 2020 where really his best climbing performance was on not the last climb of the day but when he was half-dropping well, well, right. half Dumoulin, yeah, on the Pere Sud stage, I think, stage eight. But the Tereno Praticativo, you know, pulling – all those guys sitting in his wheel was very, very impressive. And also, like, Pogaccio had to be at a ridiculous level to win that because yeah. Van Aert took 10, oh, well, yeah, 10 bonus seconds on him, stage one, because he won the sprint. And then he took loads of other bonus seconds. So going into Pratititivo, uh, Van Aert was, I think, how many seconds was he? Van Aert was Vaguely
1: 30 or something? 20,
0: 20 seconds ahead of him. And then he would have a 12-second lead after... Uh, the TT, another you know, again, another 12 seconds. But, like, forget, while well, they on that TT, which he beat Ganon by, he could, the other GC contenders be putting 2025 20, in. And the, the key one is the Castel Fidardo stage. Yeah.
1: What a stage, man. Like, it, <laughs> it was looking like a stage where Van der Poel rode away and we'd be impressively looking at how Van der Poel was doing a solo to the line. But the way that he started crumbling in the last two kilometers and the way that in the second group, Pogacar was the one to attack Fanad on that Castel-Fidardo uphill. Oh, and then the chase started and it became closer and closer, multiple minutes that were being chased down by Pogacar and having it finish with just like Pogacar in the background with with crossing the line, completely done for, one of the hardest races of his career, most likely, if not the hardest. Uh, that one will stay in my mind for a very long time.
0: So if... Pagacha puts 39 seconds into Van Art there, which is just crazy. And if he doesn't do a huge mutant performance on this is the day after Tiva by the way. Which maybe there's maybe there's a question mark there, which is Van Aert. You look at the Fidado parkour wet conditions. You're like, shouldn't you be at least toe to toe with Pagacha here? Maybe what he did the day before chasing Pagacha cost him. But yeah, incredible performance from Pagacha. And I don't know what Van Aert's going to do next year. We'll talk about that maybe in the Umbervizmit preview. So now the most the predictions benji who will be the most successful gc riders in 2022
1: okay my first one is Tade bogachar i know it's kind of boring that it's the same one as this year um but i truly believe that the tour de france parkour that we've seen so far is one that is written on the soul of bogachar the cobble race really helps him in that aspect as well in my eyes i think he's got an advantage there over his competitors um and just throughout i think the only thing that i've seen as a considerable potential weakness of Bogachar the moments where we see his face that starts to look like he's about to draw we've seen it quite a few times and every single time now where it's on the screen we we're able to notice that he's uh actually having trouble following and we saw it in japan Hafid. we saw it in the likes of uh uh, that French one-day race, Plouet, Ventoux, yes, indeed. We were able to call it just before he did it. And I don't know, Plouet is a different one. That's one where he just wasn't informed yet in my eyes because he was just coming back after having a big pause after his Grand Tour victory at the Tour de France and some other races afterwards, perhaps. Um, but it looks like it's a combination of very long climbing with very hot conditions or hot conditions. Am I inventing that or is that a thing that you're still agreeing with?
0: He doesn't like the heat. It's, I think it's confirmed. Uh, so, yeah, I, don't, I think so.
1: You think it's also relevant to the very long climbs, like a la laws and so forth, long minutes in uh, calculation. Yeah, two. I, it's only 60 minutes.
0: I think so because you look at de Tivo, he has this big burst and then Yates is closing him and he's not gaining any more and the other guys are actually coming back to him. So you are right like he does really really suit that 20 to 20 to 30 minute duration. Even like 20 25 seems to be just the absolute perfect for him like Pedrisud when he attacked and Calderon, Rom and what was it, Jubelle, uh, what it most likely Jibella feet still a good performance. Yeah, 20 25 seems to be perfect for him. How long is Calder I know it sounds crazy. I know it does sound crazy, but this is what I th- I think Roglic, I think Yumbo Visma can still. You know, I like him for the tour next year. My first most successful GC rider for next year is Roglic, Harry Nice bizarre stage eight still, <laughs> but still dominated that race. Basky won, won the Vuelta crash down at the Tour de France. I think he'll be the most successful GC rider next year. I think on those 50-minute mm-hmm. climbs, he has less of a tendency to drop off than Pogacar actually, and I'd be interested to see what Yumbo's tactics are. Maybe they say, okay, we've got a 45-minute climb here. Let's actually really steadily hard pace this uh, today rather than I think Pogacar likes to snap off do start doing his pace on 7% and then you're in a very difficult situation like we saw at uh, Lombardia. So I've got Roglic, Pagacha, Avonapol, Yates. Nah, no, sorry, Yates. Third. Roglic, Pogaccia, Yates, Avonapol, Almeida.
1: Oh, I'm liking that idea. I, I want to see what what happens at developer <laughs> next year. But I do want to see him evolve in those one-week races again in the same way that he did. Prius, Lombardia, crash and so forth. By the way, I think you were in your head asking the size of Col du Granon. It's 11.2 kilometers, so it's a bit short for a 45-kilometer climbing performance, but the climb beforehand is the one where you're perhaps thinking, okay, it might be that, and is that not the stage where they also do Galibier just beforehand?
0: Yeah, Uh, and we've also seen Col de la Lose is where Roglic put Pagatra on a fair bit of pressure.
1: Is it altitude or length in time?
0: Uh, both the undulations, I don't know. Like Lopez won that stage. It's a literally one data data point. <laughs> <laughs> but Roglic was stronger than Pagacha there, um, and he's got Coos who was strong on that stage. So yeah, I think I do have I do like Roglic a little bit more at altitude. I think, uh, but we'll see. Probably Lopez winning winning the Grenon stage next year or Uh I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to change my. Life. I have Bernal ahead of Almeida. Like I was trying to be hot takey, but. Come on. I don't. Because the TT for Almeida. The problem is Almeida's TT, it's not that great over like 15Ks.
1: I agree. But when it comes to like the competition in GC riders, we're talking about riders that are going to the Giro that are not Chempo Gachar. So we have to compare it to everybody else. pool also doesn't go to the Giro on paper, which means that he's likely competing against the likes of, uh, I don't know, Is Haig going there? Uh, Probably Tour de France, I'm guessing. Hey, Haig's not doing the Giro. (laughs) Okay. Landa? (laughs) (laughs) Landa Gino Mater?
0: Landa will probably do the Giro, yeah. Lander will do the Giro again.
1: What would Mater do then?
0: Uh, I'd send him to Tour de France as co leader with Haig.
1: Okay. I would uh, probably agree with your theories because they worked well together in the Vuelta and that's a a winning or a successful team that you shouldn't be uh, switching around too much. But I think he's not going to be competing against the biggest ETR, is what I meant with Almeida, at the Giro, personally. And I think that he's getting more experience over the years. Yes, sixth in the Giro was not as top level as fourth in the Giro in 2020, but I don't think we can uh, get much conclusions out of that 2020 Giro, to be honest, these days. Um, yeah, I, I I rate Almeida quite high. I don't know if I've got a, a solid top five in, in my... Uh, in my list here, but I'm very much looking forward to the successfulness of him at the, at the Giro. I do see Almeida podium in the Giro. I'm not sure about winning it per se, but podiuming would already be considered successful in his progress compared to previous years. And then we look at a Mars. what can he do better than this year? And I'm like, okay, second and the probably a ceiling.
0: Uh, his, his relative performance is really, really good. But, um, He just was so bad for the rest of the year, apart from like the last stage, mountain stage of the Tour de France. And like he was dropping hard on the day before that. Um, Yeah, I just, I know, look, Movistar have got in some, I think, better. Did you say even Velasco from Astana has gone there? Where did you see? I didn't see any. Is that confirmed?
1: Uh, uh, I I spoke to him about it in DM. So unless he's pretending to go to to Movistar, he's, uh, yeah. Uh, So, So
0: he's the architect behind, well, I think, we think, I started having much better TT this year. Lushenko is at the at the Dolfinovlasov's TT way better. Aaron Bruni they won the Vuelta Prologue TT, so yeah, I think him at Movistar and their t- those guys have been underperforming in the time trial relative to what they've, the power they've been putting out. So hopefully he will help them there, and Musk can do even better. I finally, finally figured out who my breakout
1: star is for GC. Oh. It's Nielsen Powellis. I didn't expect that name at all. I I feel like Nelson Paulus is the guy that we've seen become really decent at surprising people in one day races, and we saw it in the World Championships. We saw it in the likes of San Sebastian, which he won. Now, sure, San Sebastian is a a relative Mickey Mouse race compared to the other one day races, but it's still a very good performance. And honestly, won't know if he would have won if Honore didn't ride into a wall halfway to the end. But I still find it a strong performance, and what is Paulus' time trial? Because I swear it's relatively decent, right?
0: Uh his UAE tour time trial was pretty shit for a guy okay. of his size, to be honest. Um
1: how, how was, twenty-five what? uh Tour de France TT.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's gotta he's gotta figure out gotta work on that TT. But he came fifth at UAE Tour. I'd like to see him at Basque Country. Uh, I think he'd go pretty well there given that he won San Sebastian. (laughs) So I'm like, well, if you can win San Sebastian, you can do well in the (laughs) six-day version of San Sebastian. Um, So maybe that's a bit of a hot take. I don't see him like competing for the tour, but I like what EF are doing. I like who they're putting around. The problem is, smartly, that EF probably think, okay, well, we've got this really talented guy. He can maybe come seventh at the tour or we can go for stages with Chavez, Simon, Simon Gao and james shaw who they just signed in palace and i kind of agree with uh the the latter option going for for stages really and they've got like a young colombian as well daniel arayave who is he wasn't very good this year but it was interested to see how he goes so did you have i given you given you the chance to say your top five benji
1: Oh, I don't have a I don't have a select of five. I just named a few riders, so you're going okay. to have to live with that, I'm afraid. But when it comes to like a revelation for the season, I also don't have this rider where I've got in mind that uh, he's currently not on the radar and he's going to pop completely onto the radar. So perhaps by the time we reach our uh, our team previews, I'll have someone in mind and I'll definitely talk about it. I can't believe you haven't said it.
0: I can't believe you haven't said it. Oh my god,
1: as a Belgian, you
0: didn't say Carlos Rodriguez so your breakout GC star. Hmm... You've been on that hype train. I like George Steinhauser at at uh EF I don't
1: think year. I want to hype him out completely <laughs> for the first year of him potentially going to the Velta. Cause like I would expect him to go to the Velta based on his age and based on his performance and so forth. I would love for him to break out completely Okay, I'm I'm jumping on the high end train, fuck it. Carlos <laughs> Rodriguez is going to win the Velta España in twenty twenty nine. Uh top five?
0: Uh, I think he could. He's pretty. He's pretty. He's pretty damn good. I like. Oh, five filter. I like George Steinhauser a lot. I think he's pretty good. He's yeah. pretty smart. Pretty smart guy as well. But maybe it's it's a bit early to be saying that. Uh, the the guy who really everyone should be watching and UAE's talent development. Not I'm not convinced it's fantastic. Is uh, Andres Camilo, Camilo Adila at UAE? This guy won Baby Zero 2019. He's 22. He's in his he's got a. I think he took a four year deal at UAE. This year he did L'Avenir, He got spanked by some guys, and I at twenty two, younger than younger than him. Carlos Rodriguez younger than him. And then I don't even remember him doing a good pull, let alone. So he's he's an example of someone not progressing uh particularly well. I'm interested to see what happens with him and Almeida. Rubio? I know is good, but he's very small. Are you concerned? Or, oh, sorry? Oh, trial I don't know where he's going. Bahrain no. don't seem to think he's like good, which is kind of confusing Odd. to me. Yeah, I know. Like they didn't send to the world, to leave, which is just fucking mad. Um, are you concerned about Almeida going to UAE in terms of like the he or she drop off at UAE? And really, the team is team is not very good outside of Pog. Let's be real; like, he hard carries that team.
1: Yeah, and I think that's why they want him, uh, because we were first considering that he would be support for Almeida, but based on what he's saying, that he's going to the Giro and the Vuelta, it seems like their goal is to sign riders to expand the width of the team and unnecessarily the width of their Tour de France team, which I kind of like because that shows that the team is not only interested in winning the Tour de France, but also interested in, well, Tour de France and UAE Tour, and also interested in other races. And... Therefore, perhaps he can be a gateway into competing into more one-week races than the ones Pogacar is competing at. And then the question is, is he going to have a drop-off by leaving the Koenig and going to UAE? I am not sure the Grand Tour support at the Koenig was incredibly high either. I do believe he had decent support in 2020 Giro, but that's a completely different story. And this year... I feel like his mental pressure of getting, uh, his agent getting shit on the the day before the Giro and so forth, that rivalry with Remco, it's all unhealthy when it comes to you trying to be a leader at the Grand Tour and trying to be a leader of a team. And I think that mental pressure might be relieving next year. So perhaps that counterbalances any effect that we are expecting from going to UAE.
0: Yeah, I think he... Yeah, Koenig's not like the best... The best GC setup either, from what I've seen so far. I mean, Catania is just like a steady improver. I don't see him like I really like him, but he's you know he's 31. Although Caruso, like he <laughs> big improvement in his 30s too. So, um, but yeah, Catania, Masnada, I do like Masnada is as well a bit of a later developer. Like he's only on. He only joined Quick Step halfway through last year before the Giro d'Italia, and then his Lombardia performance was really good. And then he abandoned the Giro this year, so he's really good. I just, yeah, I, I don't know, not not like a breakout star level, but yeah, that's the last question I have, Benji. Here, actually, on my list, which I haven't told you about, is will Ineos this time next year? Will we be talking about an Ineos rider? As the most successful GC rider of 2022, what's the pathway for that happening? They've brought Roger Hammond now over. He's confirmed going back to Ineos. Ellingworth went back at the start of this year. The problems in the Welter, from I don't know anything, but just from my perspective with Jason Bernal, is there, what's the possibility of that happening? Uh, is it just Pog, one of Pog or Rog crashes out of the tour and then they use numbers and what, they somehow win the Tour de France? Or do you think. They can actually resume their ascendancy that they or their, their dominance that they had in the last 10 years.
1: I personally don't have that belief currently that we're going to be talking about that next year based on what we're seeing right now. But what needs to change is that they need to find a effective way of handling Pogacar and Roglic when they are riding at their peak. And right now with their leadership that they currently have and the tactics that I've seen in 2021, I would not... um see that as a possibility yet next year and perhaps they find it but i currently don't see it coming based on what i've seen so far but then again who am i to say that i don't have a clue what to do with their team to uh to win those races either because uh, in all honesty, if I if I uh, would know, then they would be paying me a lot of money to uh, know it. So uh, <laughs> why pay Why would they pay us? Baby? They just listen to the pod
0: for free, and then just <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think they need Yates yeah, TT to improve a bit more, and he can't be doing that welter TT performance because that's the thing, you know. If he, if he has a Almeida level TT or master level TT, then he comes to a welter, and but I think yeah, Bernal. They, my biggest concern for them is, and this is what happened this year, they kept pairing riders that had both had bad TTs. And, and
1: also riders that countered each other in their abilities, like a Yates and a Bernal in the way that they rode the Velta. Yates putting Bernal into pressure by having to attack all the time. Uh, that kind of stuff doesn't work.
0: Exactly. And I think Danny Martinez, they've had also a lot of bad luck. I, mean, I don't feel sorry for them, but they've had <laughs> bad luck in like Danny Martinez. He's got a better TT potential, although he can't descend. You know, he's not looking as good, and we, we we have to wait to see how he goes. Richie Port, third at the Tour de France, like what, 10, no, 12, 14 months ago. And then Tour de France, don't know what happened this year, although he won. Did win the Dauphiné and his climbing performance there plus TT was very, very high level. But yeah, like Port, are they going to get him? He doesn't seem to want to focus on Grand Tours. I don't know. I don't know what's happening there. Maybe he wasn't happy. Uh, Thomas, again, big question marks. And these are the TT guys I'm talking about who can be like like Thomas plus Carapaz, both in good form, is a good combination. Or Thomas and Bernal. Uh, well, is it? I don't know. Terreno-Adriatico didn't work too well in Prati de TiVo. <laughs> That's the thing. The tactics, as Benji alluded to, they picked kind of the wrong stage for the one two action, which was like a run up and smash, mountaintop finish, 25 minute watts per kilo test. It's like Thomas and not putting Pagacha under pressure on that. It's Castor-Fidardo stage that you can use numbers a bit more effectively the next day. Uh, so that's something they got to figure out. I'm sure that's why they got Hammond back over. But uh, whether they can, whether there's anything you can do, I'm not sure. Because if you can't do the watts and you get beaten in the TT, you're kind of fucked.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. But the rest about the stock will follow in the team previews. The next couple of weeks, we will focus on the award shows like we are doing at the moment. And uh, towards the end of November and start of December, right, is when we start our team previews for every single I one of the say. teams. We
0: put it out on Twitter on CP. That's where the sort of updates go. Thanks for listening as always. We hope you're enjoying this. Let us know particularly whether you disagree. Make sure to give us a five-star rating on podcast players plus a roast. And we'll see you in a few days with the best time trial stores of 2021. Ciao.